Welcome to the Accessible Yoga Podcast, your weekly source for questions and answers around equity in yoga, hosted by Jeevana Heyman and Amber Carnes. Join us each week for powerful conversations with thought leaders at the intersection of justice, knowledge, and practice. Welcome to episode five. I'm your host, Amber Carnes. I'm here today with Justine Mastin, who is the founder of Yoga Quest, which you're going to learn all about today, Narrated Yogic Adventures, and the owner and founder of Blue Box Counseling. Justine specializes in working with clients and students who self-identify as being outside the mainstream, like those in the geek or secular LGBTQ plus communities. We're excited to talk to Justine today about how she finally found her community at a comic book convention and why the geek community saw particular barriers to accessing wellness. This runs into Justine's story about how she created Yoga Quest, a narrative yoga class that's based in fandom and stories. We talk about lots of issues around representation and why it's important for folks that are traditionally left out of wellness spaces. We're also going to talk about the power of stories to question social norms and make change in our own lives. Y'all are in for a treat with this conversation. Here we go. Justine, welcome to the podcast. We're really excited to have you. Hey, Amber. It's so good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So um, I wonder if you could introduce yourself to the accessible yoga community. Just tell them about maybe how you came to yoga, your story, and um, anything you'd like to share about that. Sure. Um, So my name is Justine Mastin. I also go by the moniker Justini Yogini. Um, And I will get into what I do in life now. But um, how I came to yoga was... um, in the 1980s with my mom. She uh, she dragged me along to class that she was doing, uh, which was just like a, a super basic Hatha situation. Um, mm-hmm. And I hated it. Because <laughs> 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 uh, at the time, I was, I was very seriously into dance. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is slow and boring and ugh. Um, <laughs> so, so that one didn't take. And then... <laughs> um, Later in life, I found a, a book in her room of yoga and I like tried it out on my own. I was like, all right, this, you know, this is okay. Um, and then I came back again in college for a phys ed credit. Um, but it really stuck in my early 20s um, when I started to do hot yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, for that time in my life, it was just that was that was it. Like it was just it was such a great, it was such a great release for me at the time. Um, I haven't tried hot yoga in a long time. I don't know how my body <laughs> would respond to it now. Uh, right. But at the time, um, that was really great. And so I, I found that it was a great stress reliever. Um, I dealt with a lot of anxiety, and it, it helped me to just discharge that anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I decided, hey, I, you know, I think I want to teach. Um, so I did my 200 hour through a big box studio. Um, I didn't know what I didn't know. <laughs> yep. Um, there, I was one of 50 in my training cohort. Oh my goodness. I that know. is a big teacher training. I know. It's like, it felt big at the time, um, but now it seems just unfathomable. Um, right. And... So I mean, I I learned stuff mostly about 
how to teach particular poses yeah. um, in a particular order. And I, I discovered pretty quickly after I graduated and was teaching in that big block, big box environment that it just, it wasn't a fit. Um, yeah. And I wasn't quite sure why I just knew it didn't feel right. Um, and it actually took me going to my first comic con, my first pop culture convention, mm-hmm. um, for me to look around and be like, oh, this is because I've been trying to pretend to be somebody that I'm not. Oh, say more about that. Yeah. So I'm, I am a big nerd, uh, <laughs> like pop culture geek, history nerd, uh, mystery nerd. <laughs> like, uh, this is stories help me make sense of the world and always have. And what I was really missing in that big box yoga environment was just like being authentic, being true to myself. Like I was, I was wearing all the quote unquote right clothes. I was saying all the quote unquote right things, but they weren't true to me. I was, mm-hmm. I was wearing a mask. I was, I was wearing a yoga suit. Um, and so, <laughs> yoga costume. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And uh, when I went to this comic con, I looked around and I was like, oh man, these are my people. Look at all mm-hmm. these nerds. Oh my God. And wait, who's taking care of them? like who's who's telling them that they matter and that they're worth the time and effort it takes to to authentically take care of themselves because those Mm -hmm. conversations at that time uh late 2010 those conversations just weren't happening um and now you you mean within the like the comic con yeah Mm -hmm. geek community right exactly and now i mean there are cons you can go to that have whole tracks that are about wellness. And right. I, I do like to think I will you know, a small part in that. Um, yeah. So let's talk about that. So you went to this comic con, yep. you realize like, oh my gosh, there's a world of nerdery out there mm-hmm. and I'm here for it. Yep. And you also noticed that there was no sort of like uh, awareness around like wellness or even mental health, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then what happened? So then I like literally at this comic con, I was, I was sitting off to the side, just like having a snack. And I was looking at all the people all dressed up for the evening. And I was like, I'm going to make yoga for these people. Yeah. And Uh, when you say dressed up, I just want to draw a picture for anyone that's never been to a comic con. Beautiful. Yeah, do that. You mean dressed up in all manner of characters Mm -hmm. and costumes and props and Mm -hmm. flashing lights. And imagine like the best Halloween party you've ever been to times it times a hundred. Like when I went to my first Comic Con, I was blown away by that part. I'm somebody that gets really into like making costumes for Halloween. And I've Mm -hmm. always like made costumes for other people. Like I like this sort of DIY part of it. And so I just want you to picture like when you're like, they're dressed up for the evening, not like in a ball gown, like in (laughs) a full tilt, like Transformers Mm -hmm. uh, costume that's seven feet high that changes into a car. Like, uh, you can add any details you want, but I just wanted to clarify that point just in case. I want people to like picture this in their mind. So yeah, that's okay. that's super fair. I've um, <laughs> I've actually lately I've been watching a lot of Titanic uh, related documentaries. So yeah, w- when I think dressed up for the evening, that could be right. like <laughs> <laughs> with your gloves on, right? Tops and tails, which yeah. 
people also do. Like it's it's yeah. such a it's such run the gamut. Um, but yeah, everybody was in their costumes and just having so much fun. And I I just wanted to let them know that they were worthy, you know. Mm. And it's, uh, here's we're we're stepping slightly away. F- well, it's still my story. It's still my yoga story. Um, so <laughs> now I- let's shift gears. Like I want to talk about the thing that you created, yeah. Yoga Quest, which is how I met you, yeah. and which I think is just like the most fun and cool and genius, um, creative way to adapt and interact with this practice. And I love that it's so community based. So I want to introduce Yoga Quest to everybody on the podcast. And so maybe we can shift into that space. So like you're seeing Mm -hmm. them all in their costumes and you want to bring them these, uh, ways to like take care of themselves. So then where did it go from there? Right. So, um, right. The conversation had not been there in the geek community around wellness because still the, the geek community is so great at being at the forefront of, of social change. You know, the, Mm -hmm. The first interracial kiss on TV was on Star Trek, right? Um, like geeks question the status quo. Mm-hmm. And yet this narrative of wellness had not been interrogated. And so there was still the idea that well-being is the realm of jocks or, you know, like very woo crystal people. Um, and <laughs> right. <laughs> and you know, no shame if that's if that's what you're into, no, listener. But like, but you're, what you're talking about is like in the in the sort of like consciousness mm-hmm. of that community right. is a, a certain orientation toward wellness. Sometimes, which is actually couched in trauma, right? Like, yep. if you're the geek and the people who are doing fitnessy wellnessy things are the jocks, mm-hmm. like there's the geek jock, you know, uh, tension and yep. often like trauma and harm and all of that. Mm-hmm. So it's valid, I think, to to mention those sort of like preconceived notions that people had, like those are the barriers that are keeping them from accessing the, that practice. Right. Right. Cause their experience with fitness would have been, you know, high school gym class, which is a freaking nightmare for the geek right. community. Um, overwhelmingly, obviously there are some folks that s- straddle those lines, but you know, yeah. so I was thinking, well, what, what is going to, get folks who are these outsiders, these geeks, these story lovers, what is going to get them not just like reluctantly walking in the door to move their bodies, but like excited to walk in the door, move their bodies. Um, And it took me a little while of percolating, but I was, um, I was in Shavasana of my own practice and literally, as I'm laying there, it just sort of came to me as, as this this big wash of feeling where I was like, well, why don't you just make it a game? Mm. Why don't you make it a story? These people love stories. They love games. So what if you are the hobbits walking to Isengard? You are the boats that they travel in. You know, you you are enacting, embodying these stories that are so meaningful. And I I got in touch with, um, I'm lucky enough, Minneapolis, where I'm based, is just like geek-tastic. It's, it's very, super geeky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I like, feel very fortunate that I wound up here because yes. uh, I didn't know that when I moved here. Um, and I connected with a group called the Geek Partnership Society that <laughs> exists here. And they have a club called Geek Physique. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I literally, you know, I just reached out to them this new uh, RYT 200, reached out to them. I was like, hey, so... I'm a yoga teacher and I'm a geek and I have this idea and I've no idea if it's going to have legs or if it's just going to yeah. be an epic fail, but like, I would like to try and <laughs> would you guys be cool with that? Um, and it took me meeting with the the head of the club at the time for, for him to kind of calm down. And what I mean by that is if you see a picture of me, which I'm guessing there will be an accompanying picture here somewhere, I am small bodied blonde lady. Like I, unless I'm wearing one of my geek t-shirts, like I just, um, someone who came to my classes for a long time, but was very intimidated when she first walked in, told me her first impression of me was like, oh, great. This is one of those cheerleaders who made fun of me in high school. Mm-hmm. So like, sure, you could be mistaken for a yoga Barbie, right? Or exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. And I'm I'm very aware of that. Um, mm-hmm. And so I met with this guy, and he was like, "Oh, okay, so you're not <laughs> you're not just coming in here to." basically be a jerk and a bully. Yeah, or like rescue people like, let's get you fit, geeks. Like, right. <laughs> right. Get out of your basements. Put down the Doritos. You right, know? exactly. Because <laughs> that could – absolutely, they didn't know me from somebody off the street. Um, mm-hmm. And the guy who was running the club at the time was like, all right, let's give it a shot. And we put up an event, and the first one, two people came. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they loved it. So tell us what that. Um, so what does Yoga Quest like look like? What what, mm-hmm. what what should people expect if they come to a class? Or you know, you host these. It was two people at first, but now these you know, well before COVID, these huge <laughs> classes that would happen at Comic Cons and things right. like that. So what is the Yoga Quest classic like exactly? Yep. So the the flagship Yoga Quest class because there now there's all sorts of stuff that I do, but the you know the namesake Yoga Quest class. What I do is I take something beloved from pop culture, um, let's use Star Trek, um, and what I do is I will watch an episode or a film, and I will write up a fan fiction adaptation of what I'm watching, and I will assign yoga poses to certain words, actions, objects in the script I've created, then I will read the script and emphasize the words that poses assigned to them, and the yogis are sort of like playing Simon Says or yeah. doing a drinking game, if that's a better analogy <laughs> for you, listener. <laughs> uh, but it's, so, yeah, um, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so I, um, a couple of years ago, was uh, fortunate enough to get to come to one of the uh, your teacher training graduations mm-hmm. and got to actually like participate in you know, the final teaching practice that everyone was doing for their like graduation class. Mm -hmm. So I got to do like three or four yoga quest classes, um, together. It was so cool. Like I heard when I heard about this online, so like 
I'm only kind of a medium geek. Like I don't want to step to any geeks as far as like trivia goes or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. maybe for Lord of the Rings, but like nothing else. Literally, I'm just like, yeah, you know, like I like Star Wars, but like I'm not, you know, that kind of geek. But I remember just being like so excited at the idea of this because I'm always like really interested in people that create spaces that don't exist before, you mm-hmm. know, like what you're talking about. But I just want to share about my experience at that teacher training where um, I remember Rose was the first one who went, mm-hmm. Rose Nelson. And I just want to make sure Rose's pronouns, are they she, her? Do you know? Yep. Rose is she, her. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So Rose um, led a guided meditation um, that was actually like you're getting on the train at Hogwarts and mm-hmm. you're riding to the school and you're going into the grand hall and you're getting sorted by the sorting hat. And like, I just remember sitting there, like I was crying. Like I, it brought me Aww. to tears because it was so moving to me how, um, how like fun it was and also how perfectly yoga it was right. like yeah. it was a guided meditation. Mm-hmm. It was a way of working with the mind and the body. It was like such a beautiful way in. And I could see like being so meaningful to people who, you know, have had the assumption for years because they've received, you know, implicit and explicit messages their whole life that wellness is not for them. Mm-hmm. And many marginalized folks, you know, have experienced this and like can identify with what we're talking about, even though like geeks are not marginalized in the same context as like people that are systemically discriminated against. I want to be clear about right, that. Of course. But we all can kind of identify with this idea that there are spaces that are created for us and there are spaces that are not. Mm -hmm. And I think that the way that wellness has been, you know, marketed in the West um, and especially the way that yoga has been sort of commodified and used to sell things like, you know, diet culture and beauty Mm -hmm. standards and and all these notions about like what the practice is about. But I think that it's really easy to have the misconception that, you know, yoga is not for me. Wellness is not for me because I've never seen someone like, myself, you know, whether that's someone in a larger body or someone who's part of the geek community or someone who's queer or trans, like Mm -hmm. I've never seen myself reflected like in those spaces, in those teachers, in the marketing photos. And so I think it's really easy to make those assumptions that like, that's not for me. Right. But you and I both know that wellness is our birthright and that Mm -hmm. this practice is accessible. Um, if, as long as like we can find a way to accommodate our students and to meet them where they are. And I guess that's, um, you know, what I really want to talk to you about next, which is, uh, this concept of, of accessibility and how Mm -hmm. it can look a lot of different ways. You know, you, you definitely identified a need within your community. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you created a space for that and you, and there were certain ways I think that you are thoughtful about, these classes and these experiences that you create to make sure that folks from that community feel like it's a place where they can belong. And so I wondered if you just talk a little bit about that notion of creating a space that doesn't exist and sort of how you're thoughtful about that when you approach this for yoga class. Yeah. So I, I really wanted to create a space that was, like I said, not just, folks are coming in the door grudgingly, but that they want to come in. And so the the basic idea of of the stories and the gamification came easily. And then I asked myself, how do I want this space to be similar or different to other yoga spaces? Um, 
and my experience of yoga still at that time um, had been, you know, this big box yoga experience. And there were a lot of rules there. Um, there were rules about, you know, entering silently, staying silent, um, mm-hmm. door gets locked, you can't come in after class has started, don't leave early, you know, no disruptions. And yep. That that's just not how the geek community rolls. You know, if you go to a convention and obviously there's more to the the geek scape than just conventions, but there very much is a norm that you can roll in late. You can leave early. You can speak up. You you are a part of the experience. You're not witnessing mm-hmm. something. You are a part of something. And I wanted to create that same sense where like, hey, you're coming here to have an experience, a full experience. You are not witnessing a show. Um, and so come in, meet people. You know, in my original classes, we would literally warm up and then we'd have five minutes of walk around the room and meet people. Nice. Yeah. You know, it was a community experience. Um, and so I, I laid out the rules really, well, there are only two rules at Yoga Quest. Okay. Rule, rule number one, have fun. Rule number two, don't hurt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Basically anything else goes. Right? Okay. Uh, 2A is don't hurt anyone else. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> But I would say, you know, are, if you can't make it on time, show up when you can show up. If you need to leave yeah. early, leave early. If you if you want to throw out something funny that just popped into your head, do it. Um, and I acknowledge that there are probably some folks listening who are just cringing a little bit <laughs> because that that's not what they like. And that yeah. is that's so legit and so fair. And and maybe Yoga Quest isn't your spot, and that's okay because it's so wonderful that the that the yoga scape has now expanded enough that there are spaces for folks where they can feel welcome. Right. And I I would have folks, you know, quote unquote traditional yogis show up for my classes, and I would just I I would say to myself, I don't know that they're going to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a little bit different, right? If, if what you expect is that you're going to arrive and the teacher is sort of like speaking without an interruption of the flow of information and mm-hmm. it's this like choreographed dance that you're supposed to keep up with, like that's a really high pressure situation. And like we've all been in a class like that where we felt like it wasn't really suited to us. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, for the people that love that type of class, there's a million and one of them out there and they exist. Yeah. And also like no one else is, you know, other than you and the folks that you've trained Mm -hmm. are creating these other types of spaces that really bring, you know, the benefits of the practice to um, the specific community and Mm -hmm. really where like the practice can be lived inside the community, like in the normal ways that y'all interact. You don't have to like 
come to a perfect yoga studio with like orchids and white window curtains and like (laughs) shining light, like in a peaceful place. Like you can do it in your, you know, nerdy Star Trek Mm t-shirt and sweatpants with your friends. Yeah, you know, exactly. Um, And and the the first run of classes when I partnered with Geek Physique at the Geek Partnership Society, those classes were in a warehouse. Mm-hmm. You know, there was this horrible green carpet. It, <laughs> it never quite had Cheetos cleaned out of the carpet from the gamers the night before, you know, and it was just funny. We would laugh about it. There, um, Our next door neighbors were constantly turning over. I think it was a some kind of rehearsal space because sometimes there would be musicals rehearsing and sometimes there were Mexican luchadors. And <laughs> it was just funny. We would be laying in Shavasana and hear people wrestling (laughs) oh my goodness yeah and it was okay yeah yeah I think um I think one of the things that I really love about this and you know also just like so many of the stories from the accessible yoga community is that oftentimes you know folks who are different in some way folks who have marginalized identities like we often have to work outside of these sort of systems that are created and and we have to think about things in a creative way and find creative solutions. And so I think this is a really beautiful example of how, you know, the folks in your community don't need to like change themselves to fit the practice that actually the practice is accessible and available to them exactly the way that they are, just if you can bring it to them in a way that they understand. And so I wondered if um, we could talk about for a second, this is something that I am constantly in inquiry with too, as somebody who sort of like has a, you know, body positive yoga, like I have like a way that I teach yoga and talk about it and everything else. Mm -hmm. And that's actually the topic of like cultural appropriation. Sure. So you and I are both white women Mm -hmm. um, who, you know, are not indigenous holders of this practice. You know, we're, we're teaching a spiritual practice that we don't own. Um, and we are adapting and creating and collaborating and, you know, innovating on that practice, um, constantly. Mm -hmm. And so I wondered if you could talk about like how you think about keeping the essence of the teachings and keeping the yoga in yoga quest. Cause while it is like a blast to be in a yoga quest class and it's full of like laughter and everything else. And like, we do the fun, like story and all of that. Like it is yoga. We're practicing Mm -hmm. yoga. And so can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this, this is a constant source of thought, introspection, conversation, um, for me and the, the folks that I teach, the folks that I train, um, because yes, we are, I am using the word yoga. And I, I could have used a different term. I could have called this yoga wacky body movement or something. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Breathing quest. Right. (laughs) Right. I I could have called it, could have called it whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I did the yoga, but not the quest. It's okay. I know what you meant. (laughs) (laughs) See, it's that entrenched. Um, But for me, it would be disingenuous to not call it yoga because the, this is a for me about about union right and and breath and body and mm-hmm. story yeah and can you say more about that like how yeah. stories fit in yeah um so my um i i'm a fairly secular human um 
but my spirituality is stories. And that's how I mentioned that I make meaning in my life, how I make sense of the world. And we have we have this long history of of texts that tell us about yoga um specifically and use those words but there are so many texts that tell us about the world that that don't use that language but we can still make these inferences mm-hmm. um and i'm i'm tiptoeing around using the word fan fiction <laughs> which I am now going to use um, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, fan fiction is a big part of my spoilers. I'm also a therapist. Um, we've, you know, we've been focused on, on the yoga journey and yeah. what happened after I started teaching yoga was I said, Oh wow, I can serve people on the mat. That means I can serve people off the mat. I didn't know if I would be able to do either right? I didn't know right. if I had the skills. Um, and so I've, I have a master's degree in addiction counseling and a post-master's certificate in marriage and family therapy. Um, and, and fan fiction is how I make sense of the world. And so Yoga Quest is sort of yoga fan fiction. <laughs> oh I, my gosh, I love it. I've never heard you say that before, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and what I love about fan fiction, and I, I will do a little bit of an explanation of what fan fiction is in a sec for, for listeners who aren't familiar. Um, but fan fiction has been a safe haven for marginalized folks um, because it's a, it's a way to see yourself in a story where you are not represented. And um, mm, that's, that's so cool. Right. Yeah. So um, what fan fiction is for folks who aren't familiar um Oh, how do I explain fan fiction? Okay, so let's take something. Let's take Star Trek again. This is, I'm on a Star Trek kick today. Um, All right. <laughs> and you watch Star Trek, and and the show that you watch is what we would call the canon. That is the material that was given to us by by the writers, by the actors, by the directors. That is that is the canon. That is what that is our source material. Right. And as we watch, especially as folks in marginalized communities, you know, I'm also in the queer community. Um, we we watch that and go, wait, was that was that a romantic glance between Kirk and Spock? <laughs> I th- that was a very long hold of eye contact that we wouldn't do with just a friend. I think they're in a relationship. Now, the canon never told me that. But I have used my skill of observation and co-story creation to to make something that makes me feel seen. Mm-hmm. And some fanfic writers literally write this. I mean, the, if you're curious, folks, there's a whole website called Archive of Our Own, AO3, um, where you can find any kind of fanfic in the world. Um, I would start tame if you're new. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it can go in that direction. <laughs> right. It, it, it can go in a number of directions. Many directions. Yeah, yes. But at its core, it's, I want to feel seen. Mm-hmm. Here, here's what makes sense to me. And so for me, like the, Yoga Quest is yoga fic. (laughs) 
Yeah. And I, I recognize that for some folks, they look at that and they're like, that is not canon. <laughs> <laughs> that is not yoga, uh-huh. right? That, that's the parallel you're making. That's the parallel yep. I'm making. Yep. That's, come on, that, that's not what, that's not the story the way the story was told. Mm-hmm. And I would say you are 100% right. <laughs> this is not the story the way the story was told. And also the story of yoga is all about intersections where where people interacted with other people and yoga was transformed. That's right. And so I I feel like I'm another transformation point. And and a bunch of us are transformation points. Yeah. 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 I think that's really beautiful, like illustration of how, you know, we can use, I recently, um, Susanna Barkataki had a post on her Instagram that talked about, uh, how the alternative to cultural appropriation is creativity Mm -hmm. and that, you know, we don't have to steal and, you know, rebrand and try to convince folks that we are, you know, some originator of whatever, like Mm -hmm. we can actually honor the roots of the practice that we are, finding this inspiration from. And, um, and I think, I think that was really useful the way you framed that. So thank you. Um, I want to shift a little bit. I know that you uh, mentioned that you're a therapist and Mm -hmm. you have a therapy practice and I know that you work with folks a little bit in a non-traditional way, um, with stories that Mm -hmm. that is actually one of the ways you, um, you help folks to, to grow and to, um, understand themselves. And so I'm wondering if you could talk about that, like the power of narrative and in particular, why narrative is, um, powerful for marginalized folks. I think you touched on a little bit with the fan fiction, but maybe just say more about stories. Yeah. Um, so I, my style of therapy, I predominantly pull from a type of therapy called narrative therapy. Um, and that's a style of therapy that was, I, I always hesitate to say created by because I feel like these things are more, you know, noticed and written down than they are created. Um, but the the folks who are given the, the credit for narrative therapy um, are Michael White and David Epstein. And their concept was our, our life is a story. How do we feel about the story of our life? Are there parts we want to edit? <laughs> um, and there, there's a lot more to the theory than that. But at its core, that's what we're talking about. Like, okay, your life is a story. You are the hero of your story. How do you feel about how your story's going? Mm-hmm. Um, and what I love about narrative therapy is we get to question social norms that's one, just one of my just favorite things to do, um, yeah. and help my clients to question social norms because there are there are stories that we are told, and we are told that they are true. Yeah, can you give an example of what you mean? Yeah, and I think uh, talking about bodies is a great example. Um, so in our culture, Western culture, the message is a a thin body is a good body, right? a morally good body. It is something we all- A correct body. Correct. It is what we all Mm -hmm. strive for. It is what we all want. And with that message comes all sorts of, you know, bullet points underneath that, which is 
apologize for eating dessert. Explain why you're eating what you're eating. Yeah, you know, if, if anybody you know is new to these concepts, this is the idea of like going to a restaurant when we used to be able to do that. Um, <laughs> and you know, this is a real example from my life. I was out to dinner mm-hmm. with some friends, and one of my friends turns to our server and says, oh, I worked out this morning. I'll have dessert. Right. And I, after server walked away, I was like, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Um, because why do we feel the need to I- explain ourselves? Um or, you know, have, have this reasoning around, cause you know what the server could not care less. <laughs> yeah. 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 And actually like, I think the, the thing that's happening when we do that sort of like, Oh no, I want a smaller piece of cake or, Oh, mm. I, you know, earned my calories. So now I can eat dessert. Like the things that you're bringing up are basically like fat phobia. That mm-hmm. That is how that conditioning kind of lands on us that like, okay, you have to earn the food that you eat because a thin body, you know, is very controlled Mm -hmm. or that you, you know, that we have to make these disclaimers to prove that we're like on the right side of the issue. And Mm -hmm. like, that's how it shows up sometimes. Um, So yeah, I think that's a great example. So we have these stories about bodies that cause us to have this unconscious bias or maybe like limit us in some way. Um, Right. So, uh, you know, let's say a client comes in and says, you know, uh, so it's so hard. I'm having such a hard time losing weight and this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, I, I work from a health at every size perspective and I, I tell that to clients. I'm like, I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously you can tell me whatever is happening with you, but I am not going to encourage uh, any kind of, you know, body change, Intentional weight loss. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. you know, if, if you are struggling with something in your life, like, yes, you can come talk to me, but I, some therapists will do weight management. That is, mm-hmm. that's not something that I will do. Um, yeah. but something that I do with folks is I just invite them to question where these ideas came from. Mm-hmm. You know, do you, fundamentally believe that a person in a larger body is less worthy than a person in a smaller body. And, and overwhelmingly they say, no, of course not. Right. Okay. So how do you look in the mirror and tell yourself that? Mm -hmm. How do we shift the narrative? How do we change the story? Yeah. Well, first we have to know it's there. So step, (laughs) step one, we've identified it. Um, and, you know, how do you feel about that story? Well, I don't like it. Okay. Well, what if we started doing a little editing? So this is a little bit of internal narrative change, right? So the next time that you notice you're about to apologize for ordering dessert, just notice that you're doing it. Yeah. And, and do a little bit of interrogation. What's that about? How does that fit into the narrative I want for my life? If I want to have a, a narrative of my life that I I am content or I am comfortable in in the body that I am living in, how does saying apologizing for ordering dessert fit into that narrative? Right. Well, it doesn't. Okay. 
And and why do I feel the need to say it? Is that because that fits my old narrative? Okay, that's good information. All right. What do I actually want to say? Do I want to say mm-hmm. anything? Um, and starting to change our language, the way we talk, how we think, interact with other people. So I know you have a book coming out. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about it yes. and when it's coming out and all of that? I would love to. Um, so I wrote this book with my um, writing partner, podcast uh, co-host. I also have a podcast. Um, I, I call her my platonic life partner, um, <laughs> Larissa Agarski. And the book is named after our, our podcast, Starship Therapies. Nice. <laughs> um, and then the book has a colon. The Starship Therapies colon using therapeutic fan fiction to rewrite your life. I love it. And yeah, this this has been uh, percolating in our brains probably since graduate school uh, when we met. And this this is sort of a, a book full of our favorite interventions that we've used with clients, um, as well as. You know, we have a chapter, I was just talking about social constructs a moment ago. We have a whole chapter talking about how do you question those social constructs? Um, And we call them Westworld constructs. Uh, Right. Without going too far down that road, Westworld is a show on HBO. It was also a movie. And it's it's about a (laughs) made-up world. (laughs) And... If we can imagine that these social constructs are part of a made-up world, it makes them a little bit easier to question. Um, and so we we go through the book just like that. We um, you know we talk about race, class, and gender. Um, we we talk about um, therapeutic fan fiction in more detail. Um, and what therapeutic fan fiction is, it's really it's harnessing the power of stories. Um, it uses some narrative therapy, which I talked about, um, as well as some other aspects um, to, to help folks question the story of their life and start to make some changes it, it, through the lens of pop culture. We're, we're very excited with how the book turned out. It'll be coming out May the 4th, 2021. So May the 4th is colloquially Star Wars Day because... May the force be with you. May the fourth be with you. Um, our our editor is just an amazing human mm-hmm. um, who told us the date and we're like we we feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> right. North Atlantic Books was clearly the right place for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for for folks who are listening to this podcast, um, I mean, mental health may be of interest, but also clearly yoga is. Um, and each chapter of the book closes with a, um, a narrative-inspired yoga sequence or um, a mindfulness or meditation mm-hmm. practice. And they're each accompanied by adorable little drawings. <laughs> nice. Justine, who is this book for? I, I would say it's appropriate for um, tweens to question mark. Um, there, you know, there are some swears. So, you know, know your, know your kids. I think understanding of pop culture or interest in pop culture 
would be useful because um, you might just not dig this book if that if that's not your thing. But we really we run the gamut with the fandoms that we used because we I mean because we use a lot of different stories in our work in our lives. There there's something for everybody. So I would I would welcome folks to pick it up and. I would love to hear your experience. Um, so it comes out May the 4th. Pre-orders will be available in the winter of, of 2020. So each episode, we are presenting a question to our community, a uh, question for reflection or for folks to sit with, for folks to journal about. I'm wondering if you had a question to pose to our community, what that would be. The question I would ask is, what is the story of my life? And who are the important supporting characters? That's awesome. Yeah, I love these types of reflection questions that really get us into the story and the narrative so we can start to Mm -hmm. be aware of the things that might not serve us or that we might want to pull apart or maybe something that's been really important that we haven't really had at the forefront. So thank you for that question. Could you tell us uh, where folks can find you online, what you might have going on that you want us to know about? Yeah. So Yoga Quest is 100% online now. Um, I would still be very happy to do public appearances when that's safe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for now, it's it's all online. You can find info about my therapy work, my writing, everything um, at my website, blueboxcounseling.com. The blue box references the TARDIS from Doctor Who. Um and yeah, I'm sure you made a lot of people happy right now, <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who fans. Oh, I, ho- I hope so. Um, and you can find me on social media at Mind Body Fandom because I take a holistic approach to healing mind, body, and fandom. Nice. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, Justine, for being here. We really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you, Justine, for being here. I really enjoyed talking with you. And I love what you've created. I love uh, chatting with you about intentional space and how you think about that. Thank you so much for being part of the podcast and the accessible yoga community. I'll uh, look forward to talking to you again sometime. Thank you so much for having me. To you and folks at home, the nerd in me honors the nerd in you. Nerd must stay, friends. (laughs) Oh my goodness. All right. (laughs) Thank you so much, Justine. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another week of the Accessible Yoga Podcast. We hope you'll join us over at our website, AccessibleYogaTraining.com, where you can see everything that the Accessible Yoga Training School is up to, including our flagship Accessible Yoga Training Online, which is a 30-hour continuing education training. We'll teach you a new way of thinking about yoga postures and practices that honors the essence of yoga and will really allow you to design multi-level classes where students of different abilities, shapes, sizes, ages, and experience levels can all practice together with ease. You'll be able to get support from experts around topics like trauma-informed teaching, working with larger bodies, yoga for seniors, and much, much more with our team of accessible yoga trainers. And since we're learning at home now, no travel expenses, everything's recorded and captioned, so you can review materials and work at your own pace. If this work is calling to you, we hope that you'll join us. You can sign up for the wait list over at AccessibleYogaTraining.com. Enrollment opens September 1st. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. We'd be really grateful. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.